back during my military career, kind of, it, nobody really taught me. I just, I could feel that I was getting, that anxiety was starting to become an issue. And I, I needed to, it was kind of driven by necessity for me. So I, I basically, I, I figured it out on my own through much insomnia. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> don't do it my way. Just read the book. You'll be all right. I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Well, okay then. W- welcome to Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, and of course, here we are talking about you guessed it, books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday books. Uh, Is that I mean, what everybody this, talks about? Yeah, Super this Bowl is, Sunday. It's yeah, it's not a Super Bowl Sunday book, but what is Super Bowl Sunday talking about books? Um, and it won't come out on Super Bowl Sunday either. It will be no, that's true. It will be a, a different, a different time, a different uh, time, a different place. Like maybe I mean, like a few days after Super Bowl Sunday. Or yeah, something. a few days after Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's about right. Yeah, uh, I'm very curious on what you are consuming today, food wise. You know, or- I have. Uh, that is a good question. Um, under normal Wait. circumstances, it's it's cheese dip. That it's queso. Mm. That's like my are jam. you going with like the Rotel Velveeta? Oh yeah, queso? totally. Yeah, it's, it's, this... it's like the taste of childhood Sundays. Yeah, that at my house. healthy snack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's like ninety percent MSG and like you know. But but we go keto with it, so we dip oh. bacon in it instead. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's, a, you know, that's a, you got to keep that diet up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's how I maintain yeah. my figure. I just dip <laughs> bacon in my cheese. Yeah. It seems, it seems very good. We're, we're going with classic chicken wings. So oh, we've, very got, nice. we've got some Buffalo wings. Um, and then we've got some like plain wings for the kiddo. Nice. And then uh, uh, a Costco original, not a sponsor. Uh, we got a ranch pickle dip. Ooh. That we'll be doing with pa- potato chips. And I think uh, ham rolls will also be there. Ham rolls will also feature. Yeah. And then uh, some suicide squeeze. Whoa, 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 um, whoa. Suicide. That sounds dangerous. What no, is a suicide no, it's, squeeze? It's, Fort, it's a Fort George IPA. It's like a ah, gotcha. double okay. Okay. different it was a different podcast, but uh, double. <laughs> IPA. Ah, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not mad about an IPA. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. You ready? you ready to talk this book? Let's talk a book. How about that? Yeah. Let's do it. So this is. This is a word we read. Stop overthinking. Right. And it has mm-hmm. a longer title than just stop overthinking. It's 23 techniques to relieve stress, stop negative mm-hmm. spirals, declutter your mind, and focus on the present. Mm-hmm. Right. And I went and looked it up. Uh, it's one of seven books. And I pretty much pulled out, you could probably say it's one of nine because 
he has workbooks as well. Okay. Like we'll go with a couple of other books. And I, I looked at some of his other books and they, they might be, you know, worth reading and reviewing. I mean, if it's anything like this book, I would say yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the second book on happiness in season two. Right. Yes. Um, I, I thought this book was, was great, full of a bunch of techniques that kept you, kept you focused and presence. Um, obviously, we are not going to get to all 23 techniques. Goodness, no. We don't yeah. have time for that. Yeah. Um, but but I, I would say that there's definitely m- more good techniques in here than we're going to be able to go over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's a, a bunch uh, of techniques. So I was really curious on where overthinking shows up for you uh for me overthinking um i that comes down to the definition of overthinking specifically because when i you know what's funny is when i first picked this book up i thought overthink i had a definition of overthinking in my head that that is that does not match the <laughs> clinical sort of definition of overthinking i viewed overthinking as more like a paralysis by analysis um which uh, i don't think that she would mind my saying my wife tends to do a lot of <laughs> um it, it'll be like really exhaustively like reviewing options and information and facts and that's kind of what i thought overthinking was but it, that's not the clinical definition of overthinking. Yeah. Um, overthinking the way Mr. Trenton has defined it here and the way it's kind of classified in, in clinical psychology is, frankly, thinking a lot about your thoughts. Um, and it might be spurred by an initial problem but eventually the focus of thinking becomes the thoughts in your head themselves. They like, they spin themselves up into kind of their own problem. So maybe the problem the, is the word that he ahead. uses a word. He uses a word a lot. He uses ruminate. You know, what's funny he, is that he uses ruminate all the time in the book. And all then, the time. And then at the end, finally goes back and is like, well, gee, I guess I should define ruminate. Um, (laughs) Like literally it's page 168, a word on ruminating. It's it's not a word on ruminating, by the way. It's literally, um, oh gosh, it's like eight pages. Um, So it it means to just kind of chew over right from yeah. from get, the, get in your the, head you get in yeah, your head get about. in your head so like maybe maybe something doesn't go right for you at work like maybe you were you wanted to make a big sale and and it fell through and that stinks but maybe that's where your head started was well i could have done this better or i could have done that better and it transitions to well maybe there's something wrong with me and as soon as you make that transition off of the problem towards yourself towards your thoughts well maybe there's something wrong with me maybe i'm 
thinking too hard. Maybe there's something wrong with my brain, right? And then you start to get spun up around this and it starts to affect your life. That's overthinking. And so, all of so, go ahead. So on a scale of one to 10, where and yeah. we don't use seven, seven's a, a cop-out answer, right? Dang it. <laughs> yeah, no, seven's a cop-out, right? Because now you're either at a 60 or an 80. Like that's <laughs> really right there, right? Where do you feel you fall on getting into your head and just ruminating? on a problem uh i i'm gonna give myself a three here i could see that i could see that yes when i when i what i know about you i'm like oh yeah i could see that i used Um, to be much worse uh in fact i used to be uh frankly uh i know i've told you about some of my struggles with uh insomnia from from back in the day but one of the reasons i struggled so badly with insomnia was the these overthinking sort of behaviors, which all um, have their roots in anxiety. Yeah. I I would say I show, I show up as a, as a six. um, Okay. And that's, that's down. That's down from an eight round of applause. Um, Well done. Yeah. So when I, when I brought this book to my dad and I said, Hey, this is the book we're reading. And Uh he's like, wait that's that's a that's a lafferty trait uh that's like, your legacy yeah it's like it's, it's genetically passed to me you're right and i'm like yeah i need to i need to break that habit uh-huh um and i i find myself still doing it but it and it, it it's one of those things that yeah um i i don't like it and it uh-huh. affects sleep and Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this book was a really good, like, oh, hey, let's let's identify some triggers for myself, right? Yeah, on on how I get through this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I you know, knowing you, I I three is like, oh yeah, that that seems that seems right for him. But but I was probably, I mean, not to not to use, uh, I'll I'll avoid I'll avoid using the the bad number. Um, but I was a number between six and eight uh, no. previously. <laughs> no, we get rid of seven because then you're either at an 80% or a 60%. It's a big choice. Uh, I hear yeah. you. But yeah. I definitely used to struggle with it. Um, and I would say that I got... And this is way prior to this book. This yes. isn't like yes. you read the book and you're like, oh, boom, fixed. No, true. Okay. But I, I will say that a lot i wish i'd had access to this book you know years and years and years ago um because then i i think i would have had a lot of more of my uh overthinking obviously put in check at that time rather than kind of um uh scrabbling my way through it as i have done but i've i've i have found a place now where i've worked myself down to like a 3 and my sleep is better and just my attitude is better. And I'll say that one of the main things that helped me with that is uh, uh, stoic philosophy, which there's actually a lot of uh, corollaries in here. I don't think it actually, no, no, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't say it, but it, it's you not read direct. It, it's like, as you read it, it's there. There's a, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot of things that it's like, Oh, that's a stoic technique right there. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And and yeah. we'll get to that now that now that I'm remembering that. But um, 
we'll get yeah. to exactly what what the what the overlap is between stop overthinking yeah. and and the book here and stoic yeah. philosophy writ large are yeah so I, I do want to point out and it's not in the book um but it's in the book is they talk about an eisenhower matrix okay we love we love a four square we do a nice little four square it's what's not in the book is the picture of it so you know it's a write your own type situation but we love an eisenhower matrix so um, could I, you could go ahead do you think i could i don't know if i could go it's an eisenhower matrix has to do with you know urgent uh urgent not urgent you know delegate uh delete urgent but not important i think the important is the part that's in there um, yeah yeah so it's a so, way of classifying each yeah. task and yeah. the 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 reason that it's in stop overthinking is that by prioritizing your tasks in some way that leads to better time management and yeah. time management reduces anxiety right yeah establishing control prioritization equals control right acknowledging that uh this thing is a thing not everything can be top priority we can't say yes right now to everything that's i mean you can well that's where you drive yourself crazy yeah (laughs) you drive yourself crazy but so only so the eisenhower matrix it's about time management and there's a a part of it in the book and it's about time management style yes right and I actually yeah. really read this section because I really liked, I, I feel like time management is one of those things that everybody has in common, uh-huh. right? Have, you know, president down, everyone has in common. They all get the same number of hours, right? Time management yep. style. Mm-hmm. So the time management styles are the time martyr, the procrastinator, the distractor, the underestimator, the firefighter, and the perfectionist, mm-hmm. right? Which one did you relate to the most? So, oh wait, do I wait, do I get to guess? Do you want to guess? You want to I give think. it a shot? Give it a shot. What do you um, think? I am. I think I've got it down to two. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say I could make it multiple choice for you and narrow it down, but it sounds like you've no, already done that. No, I think you're either a firefighter or a perfectionist. Oh, well. I would agree that I definitely have some aspects of of both of those. And we all um, have all of them, right? We do, we yeah. Do we, all and, and with different situations, different contexts, we definitely can fall into one or the other. Dude, it may shock you to learn. I'm a procrastinator. Oh, are you really? I'm ashamed to say it. I you know what? Be. Everybody's you, got something, but... <laughs> as you say it, and I know you're when you're editing podcasts... Uh-huh. It's like the day before it's supposed to be released. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's you know uh, that 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 actually is me managing my time better than <laughs> usual, believe it or not. Because now, um, the so the reason for that is the not the reason that I'm a procrastinator. I'm sure it has something to do with my childhood, but <laughs> the reason that I edit when I do is that the trigger for that is my. I, I have two wonderful daughters and a wonderful wife that we all live under the same roof. They leave to go to a recurring uh, weekly event. My daughters do a like an orchestra thing on yeah. those nights. And 
what I wanted to do was firmly couple this, the activity of editing the podcast with some kind of external thing, like when this happens, this happens, right? And so it, um, it does, that particular thing does feel a little bit like procrastination, but what that means is that as soon as they leave, I get to work. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I 100% get this. Yes, but if they didn't, right? Let's say I didn't attach that to something that was so firm and recurring, then it, it would be worse. Like I would probably not start until later at night or <laughs> I would be like missing dinner and sacrificing family time yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this thing that I should have done another time. So yeah. so it's actually, I am a procrastinator. I can totally own that. Um, that particular one is actually, a, there is a management, there is a rhyme and reason behind that one. There's a rhyme to that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise though, yeah, I do tend to be a procrastinator, occasionally a firefighter. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. How about okay. you? Okay, where do you think I fall in this? Oh, okay. Oh gosh. Time Martyr. You know, maybe we should break down Time Martyr. I don't remember Time Martyr very well. Do you? I can tell you I'm not. Uh, Time Martyr wasn't the one that, that resonated that, with me. That jumped out to you? Okay. No. I all mean, not right. that. I mean, they all had, they all have good stuff. Oh, they, uh, they all have good parts about them. Those yeah. Time Martyrs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Procrastinator. Distractor underestimator, firefighter, perfectionist. We've talked about this a little bit before. I wonder, this feels like a game of Clue. I accuse you. need like you you music? Of, <laughs> I accuse you. <laughs> I'm going to say firefighter. You know, I do relate to firefighter, uh, especially as you know, a recovering rescuer. I really right. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I pointed yeah. you that direction. Yeah. But uh, you're talking like it's not a hundred percent firefighter. It's not here. so distractor. So when you talk oh. about people leaving the house, uh huh. I'm very much so like I want to be there for the family. I want that. Mm -hmm. Like I want to spend time. Uh, you know, I I would rather be spending time with the family doing nothing. Uh -huh. Oh, okay, uh, been gotcha. Doing, been doing work that I need to do so I can do nothing work, later. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yes. Um, distractor. And then uh underestimator is uh, something I've I definitely related with is someone uh, who's like who's like, oh yeah, all you gotta do is this, and then it's really bigger than what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the or it's the opposite. I make it so big in my head, and then I go to you know, do it. And I'm like, oh, that took me three minutes. I thought it was going to take me, you know, 45. Yes. So. And that's, you know, I find as a procrastinator that I, I, and so being a procrastinator, that, that is a source of my anxiety on occasion. And that is something that, um, I have been working on, but I find that it often happens that I'm like, well, you know, I avoid to start something because I think it's going to be so hard or because I think it's yeah. going to take so long. And then I actually say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to set aside to do this thing. 
and it almost never takes as much time as I think it will. So yeah. I wouldn't, I, if anything, I'm an overestimator and that leads me to think that things are going to be harder or more complex, um, which, you know, it leads me to try to avoid these tasks. And I think that's where the procrastination comes into place. Um, you, I, I know that you know what a time martyr is. Um, I, I read it. I have it right here. I I got it. I got it right here. Do it. The person who accepts everyone else's request and takes on too much obligation and responsibility. You are a martyr, a slave to other people's requests. I, I, and I do relate to that one. Yes, I mean, me I, I relate too. to all of them, but I, I relate the quote that goes with that one uh-huh. is, and it's not in the book, but it's don't make other people's problems, your problems. Yeah. 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 And that goes to that recovering rescuer mm-hmm. type thing. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. And I definitely do uh, struggle a little bit with that one. I've got a lot better. I think over the last few years with that kind of managing, I, I, to me, that falls into the category of managing my inputs, right? Just knowing, hey, there's just only so much time in a day. What, what are your priorities? So understanding yep. your priorities, uh, understanding you, your Eisenhower values. Eisenhower matrix? What are your Eisenhower matrix. Yeah. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's so, you know, there's, there's a lot that resonated with me in this book. And there's, there's a lot to unpack. And so... There's kind of two sections, these two quotes that I kind of combo tack together. And that was when we overthink and ruminate and stress, we are out of the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and that really spoke, it cut deep to me because, you know, having the being and wanting to be in the moment with her. And if I'm distracted thinking about work or I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about mm-hmm. marketing the podcast or if I'm thinking right. about you know, if I'm thinking about bills, if I'm thinking about all this stuff, it just takes me out of the moment. And and so that brings me to that second part is that I have to remember the more in control I feel, the less likely I am to overthink and overanalyze. And so that, you know, that it's, it's the more in control you feel. And so kind of creating that environment of either letting go or, you know, designing that, Hey, this is what I control in this situation, which is goes to stoic philosophy. Yes. Um, um, really helps ground me in a lot of stuff going on, you know, and just in my life and just like, Hey, how do I, how do I stick here? So, yes. Um, what, what resonated with you in this book? I mean, there's a lot that resonated with you, but what's that thing? Yeah, to me, what really um, was a huge eye opener to me um, was the cognitive distortion section. And the reason that it was such an eye opener to me is that I work on a daily basis with with kiddos, right, nine and 10 year olds, Many of whom are great, wonderful, well-adjusted, low-anxiety kiddos. But there are some students that I work with that are just plagued by overthinking. 
beautiful, wonderful, sweet, skilled, intelligent young people who will cry because they missed a problem on their quiz. Um, well, let's, and- let's break down overthinking because there's a lot. There's what? Uh, five, four, right? So are you, are you talking about the cognitive distortions? Yeah. 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 So the cognitive distortions that, that for me, being able to put a name to why a student or a person is, is, is thinking in this way to be able to do that analysis and then to know, well, this is how we can maybe push back against that or come back from that to be able to name it. I thought was, was such a powerful tool um, to be yeah. able to put a name to them. So um, do you want to go over those distortions? Yeah, so do you think that would so be helpful? All, yeah. All or nothing thinking. Yes. Overgeneralization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Personalization. Yeah, definitely. Internal like internalizing or externalizing. Yep. And then favoring the negative, discounting the positive. Yeah. And then emotional reasoning yep um then i will say uh i've already started the or started reading the book after this one which is uh susan david's which is the next podcast is susan yes uh emotional agility if you think about this and you think about what she talks about emotional agility Uh uh-huh um that it really it really ties together um uh i will i will tell you that um when I think about my communication style, uh, the, the overgeneralization has uh-huh. shown up for me. Oh yeah. I, I won't get specific enough mm-hmm. with something. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just be like that. And then that leads to frustration because I'm like, no, this is what I told you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for the being, uh, you know, having a toddler, uh, all right. or nothing thinking. All or nothing, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I need my strawberry applesauce. Will I have just apple applesauce? No, I want the pink one. Uh huh. Yeah. This is, you know, the world has come in. Just go to the store. I'm like, it's <laughs> 12, a, 12 a.m. This isn't happening, kiddo. We're not doing that. No, that's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. The ones that I see in my work most frequently are um, favoring the negative and discounting the positive, right? Just being entirely focused on the problem that they missed uh, rather than uh, taking the broader view and seeing where the successes are and seeing where the learning happened. Um, And and I'll be honest, parents uh, hand a lot of that to their kids. But every time a parent opens up a grade report and says, where did this B come from, right? <laughs> Before they say anything about any other part of the grade report, if you're, it, it, and I know that it, to a certain extent that it's human nature, but whenever we do that, we're teaching kids that those, those failures are the parts that are gonna be the most noticed and bear the yeah. most scrutiny That's rather than, exactly, rather than the successes yeah. Um, rather than what improved over last time. So there's definitely that. I find that that's with the kids who struggle with the the most, um, like in that way with academics, 
rather than uh, the kids who struggle more with social skills who tend to do the uh, personalization um, where everything, because they're so insecure, everything another person does is all about them. The world is all about them. Everything well, that, was done to hurt them. To that's the emotional them. reasoning. Yes. Right? That's emotional to reasoning. Them, your, your feelings are truth. That's emotional yep. reasoning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where so do they you definitely feel, fall down that. Go where ahead. Do you think, which one shows up the most for you? For me personally? For you personally. Oh, gosh. This one is, a, you know what? I think back to my um, kind of history as a rescuer. Sometimes the one that will pop up for me is that internalizing or externalizing, yeah. right? Being like, what could I have done? Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll find myself falling into that trap and beating myself a little bit on that one. Um, and I've, I've got, again, I've got a lot better with that over the years, but of, of all of these cognitive distortions, that's the one that tends to pop up the most for me. I tend to actually fall away from emotional reasoning and I've got a lot better at moving away from personalization, but sometimes the one that still pops up is that like internalizing, externalizing type of stuff. Yeah. You know, I feel like they all pop up in certain ways, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I could, I can think of an argument I was in that all or nothing thinking came up. Sure. Yeah. Right. I'm uh -huh. only asking yes or no questions. I'm not trying to understand the situation. Yeah. You're not looking right. for the gradient. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll say <clears throat> the, the one that, you know, um, the, the high school me, uh, the personalization, Right. Mm -hmm. Assuming that, you know, I'm to blame and it's about me and that also the internalization. Yeah. That recovering rescuer. Definitely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah, have to a, fix this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you could probably just read this section of the book. And if you just analyze that section of the book about yourself, mm -hmm. it would be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That speaks to me. Because now, you know, when I see students struggling and, you know, it instead of just like you, I want you to think about this other thing. Now, now I have a, a name that I can actually put to stuff. Okay. This is an example of, yeah. you know, all or nothing thinking now that we can put a name to it, how, what questions can we ask to help a student or a person see another perspective. Um, sometimes if I'm being honest, if somebody's like too worked up, if they're too elevated, yeah. um, then you just need to give them time to calm down first. I think that's something that teachers don't always do a very good job of, but giving people, uh, first of all, leaders, leaders and parents. I mean, yep. You know, I, I, I know it late at night when you know, like the bean doesn't want to take a bath and, uh-huh. You know, I, I may have some all or nothing thinking going on right now. Sure. And, yeah. You know, I well, may and have also, a lot. Of, yeah. And I know the kids playing a part in it too. And uh -huh. having, having different thinkings, you're like, oh yeah, I'm not doing a good job. And you almost have to have like this, you know, tap out with your spouse. Be like, mm -hmm. I need five. Yep. Yeah. I need, My I need five. I used I to need, do that. Absolutely. I need 45 minutes of sleep or something. 
or something. Well, and I'll say I was, uh, I have a student teacher this year. So uh, uh, a person who wants to be a teacher, you might call them a pre-service teacher, a trainee. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about is that in order for us to do this work as teachers, but I would extend that to say as leaders, as parents, um, in order to help students, we also need to be uh, emotionally regulated. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if I'm in a classroom with just imagine for a second, I'm in a classroom with 28 kids. This has happened before. If I have a personalization problem, if I think that every, <laughs> if I think that every time they talk out, they're doing it to personally disrespect me on purpose, that's, oh, yeah. that's going to be a terrible classroom to be in for it, everybody. It goes downhill real quick. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be hell. That would be hell for everyone. So for, and luckily I, I had already worked through my issues with personalization by that point. Um, but also just knowing that in order for you to, as, as a leader or as a parent or as a teacher or whatever your role is in life, um, you need to first be able to emotionally regulate yourself and acknowledge that if you do have anxiety issues or if you do have sleep issues or if you do have you know personalization issues or overthinking issues you got to attend to those because that's going to help you help other people yeah yeah is it is it dad joke time i think it is i think it is dad joke time okay yeah let's 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 do some dad joke stuff. You got um, it. Where do dads keep their jokes? Um, the internet. In a database. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. In a Mine database. Mine's okay. Mine, mine's a birthday joke. A buddy of okay. mine just just had a just had a birthday recently, and another buddy of mine has a birthday coming up. Um, but the joke is, why wouldn't the teddy bear eat his birthday cake? Why? He was already stuffed. <laughs> that, is, that is so bad. Yes, yes, it is. It is so, Dad. You got uh -huh. it. Uh, okay. Well, next up. <laughs> so, I'm curious um, how this book brought you closer to happiness. This book brought me closer to happiness, first of all, by sort of um, acknowledging that a lot of the stuff that I'm already doing to uh, emotionally regulate myself uh, to manage my own anxiety uh, was sort of like validated with a lot of mm -hmm. the reading that I was doing here. In, in addition, kind of bonus round for me, was being able to um, learn about the cognitive distortions. I, I think that there are tools, and we're actually going to talk about a, a couple of the tools later. There's some really good tools for helping yourself 
uh, in this book to, to work your way through anxious situations, but also knowing what the cognitive distortions are, which ones I'm prone to, and how I can help other people with uh, and and to be able to name and work through their cognitive distortions again, especially in my role as an educator, uh, I that those just helped me feel like I can be better at what I do, um, and I really care about being good at what I do. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like not only the self regulation but being able to put a name to those cognitive distortions was huge for me. How about you? You know, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, we, we, we scratched the surface of the, well, talking about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how this book, the techniques in this book brought me closer to being in the present moment. Good. Um, I, I think you know, with all the happiness reading that I've done and all the stuff that I've looked at, it's just one of those things like you read a book on happiness and you don't just have the techniques. It just talks about, you know, being happy. And as someone who is a, a negative, can be a negative thinker, can, can spiral like that, having these techniques really helped me analyze myself and really helped me kind of, you know, help the bean and help just create these moments where I'm going, I'm, I'm in my head and I, I need, I want to be present for this moment. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just had something happen the other day when I, I was walking into an event and I got some news that was, I wasn't happy about the news. And I had to look at the wife and say, I got to go outside. I need to take a moment. I need to take a moment so I can be present for this, for this other moment. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so I, I went through, I went through some techniques. Um, I made a phone call. And then I was able to go back and be fully present. And I think I probably wouldn't have done that before the book. I probably would have, I probably would have ruminated. Yeah. And I would have sat there and would have been cranky. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is a good book. Right on. So where, what, why don't I tell you, uh, you know, here's where I, when I, when I talk about what I did, here's where I have gone and applied this, um, to my life. Uh, there's a technique in there and it's the five, four, three, two, one technique. Yeah. And he goes over several of these techniques in the, um, well, first yeah. of all, there's techniques sprinkled all throughout the book, Yeah, but there the are some, book. yeah, there's some real good, what I would call boots on the ground, almost like, uh, anxiety first aid. Um, yeah. he, he covers real early in the book. So, um, first aid uh, or triage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and yeah. I think uh, like, how does he characterize them? Um, yeah. De-stressing. So it's, de-stressing. It's chapter, chapter two is like the de-stress formula and then some. 
So he talks yeah. about like, and th that's kind of like the anxiety first aid section. He goes over some really great techniques in there for like and managing anxiety in the moment. So I'm glad that you're bringing up the five, four, three, two. I think that's yeah. going to be a good one. And I will say like, you know, chapter two, uh, the de-stressing formula and then some mm -hmm. there, there's four techniques in there that are just right off the bat. Um, oh yeah. That early on in the book, I'm like, Oh, you could use these quite quickly. Oh, and yeah. the, the five, four, three, two, one. And I've used this, I've used this on myself. Um, it's I, I find it really helpful um, with the bean um, having a having a toddler. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've used it to uh, when she is upset, and I've used it when she's not necessarily upset, but I feel like she's about to get upset. It's kind of oh, a okay. Game, Ooh, nice. So, a little the old preemptive. Yeah. Technique. So, I love it. Find five things in your environment you can see. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you're next, you're trying to find four things in your environment you can feel or touch. Mm -hmm. Right. And then find three things in your environment you can hear. Um, which that is a really, that can be a hard one. Like the last three can get really, can get really tough. Right. Um, yes, you do have to, you do have to work for that here, the here yeah. one. I will yeah. say, I don't, for whatever reason, with me, I think it's from spending lots of time in the woods hunting so quiet yeah. that, that I'm actually really in touch uh, with, with hearing things. So that it's, uh, I know that, though, that that is a, a hard one for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you have, you're working with a toddler and you're trying to distinguish break down sounds and stuff like that yeah like what even yeah. is that sound right like yeah. For, yeah. for me i can hear like a vague ringing in the distance and actually have some theories about yeah. what it might be but for somebody that doesn't have the words yet that could be hard yeah um and they they, they make some room for that in the text but go ahead yeah yeah and then so the you find two things you can smell so this one can get funny yeah yeah i i, I smell daddy <laughs> yeah. Daddy might be thanks hon yeah. Yeah. yeah um and then the last one which is the hardest one um is find one thing that you can taste um and pine cone yeah <laughs> this is out in the woods again huh you know the bean just went through in in preschool going over the five sentences and so when she had said that i tried this out i'm like okay let's go through this and depending on where her mindset is um it can get really hard but if you if you give it some patience and you give it some time it really does work out as a great technique and even for yourself if i'm you know I just go outside and I'm like, mm. Hey, I'm going to do this five, four, three, two, one. And if you go outside and it's cold and there's, you don't put a coat on it, <laughs> you know, it help it helps get you, it helps get you present. Um, well, and I would argue that just going outside, yeah. being in the fresh air, right. Just going outside. That's, I think there was a technique in there about taking a walk. Yeah. I, I right? probably. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, where can you apply what you've learned or what's that thing you want to, you want to do, you want to, you want to play with? Well, the, of the techniques that are like these anxiety first aid techniques, the, the first one he mentions are, he calls the, the, uh, well, maybe I call the, the four A's of avoiding anxiety. Um, it's the and, four A's of stress management, but it, it, you know, it's close. It's yeah. close. I like avoiding things anyway. Um, but um, the first one, it, and the reason they jumped out to me was that uh, as I read them, I realized that these, um, the four A's were actually something that I started doing um, back during my military career, kind of, it, nobody really taught me. I just, I could feel that I was getting um that anxiety was starting to become an issue and I, I needed to, it was kind of driven by necessity for me. So, um, I, I basically, I, I figured it out on my own through much insomnia. Um, so, <laughs> don't do it my way. Just read the book. You'll be all right. You'll be better. Just read, uh, read the book. <laughs> but, uh, the first of the four A's is avoid. Um, avoid the thing that's making you anxious. Now, there are some things that you can't do this with, um, but it is the easiest one. Um, and it, it, uh, one way that this has come through in my own life is um, I like to get to work kind of like a half hour before I am supposed to, right? My, my work, it says that I need to be there at 820 I like to be there around 7.50. It's just kind of what I like to do. So I started leaving at a time that would get me there at around yeah. 7.50. Well, unfortunately, due to the schedules, the difference in schedules between elementary school and middle school, me arriving at work at 7.50 was dragging me through middle school traffic of <laughs> normal parents just trying to get their kids to school and themselves to work and traffic for most people including yours truly is anxiety inducing i do not like traffic my commute uh, without traffic is um is is woefully short it's actually like seven minutes if there's no traffic so i i feel bad that i don't enjoy sitting in whatever three or four minutes of traffic. But what I also found is that just dealing with the other drivers, right? I know that they're just people that are trying to get their kids to school, but sometimes these people would really drive like not very nice people. And then I'm having, <laughs> to, de I'm having to deal with that input too, right? So it's not just the traffic, it's dealing with people cutting you off. It's dealing with people me watching people block the sidewalk while there are kids trying to cross the sidewalk. So these people are trying to bring their kids to school and at the same time, making the road more hazardous for other kids trying to, like, it was all of that. I was like, I just don't want to have to deal with all of that. Are you so, having flashbacks right now? I feel like- I am. Oh, that's terrifying. Do we, need, do we need to check your blood pressure? <laughs> anyway, so- I just stopped going at that time. 
And now I have a general rule that either I leave at 7.30, so I, have, I get there in front of all the traffic, or yeah. I leave at 7.55, where by the time I get to the school zone, all the middle school traffic has died it's down. Gone. I've made the choice to avoid the anxiety-inducing situation. Um, the other option is to alter, like using I statements, uh, to just kind of alter your perception, right? I understand that people are just trying to get their kids to school. I don't need to be bothered by traffic. I am just going to wait patiently while these people do what they're going to do, right? I didn't need the flavor that was missing at Starbucks that I hope to have in my coffee, right? Just, just altering your mindset using I statements would be your next A. Um, the next one is uh, pretty obvious. It's accept. Sometimes you just have to accept that people are going to be people and that the situation is not going to be the best one for you. That's also one of my favorites because it automatically puts you into a problem-solving mindset rather than arg mindset, like you heard me a minute ago with traffic, right? You oh, can just everybody, yeah, right. Everybody you can just talks about traffic. You can just accept that it is what it is, yeah. and we can just move past that. You can either transition to problem solving, or you can just suck it up. Either of those is fine, but getting anxious about it, getting worked up about it, it's not going to help you. And then finally, adapt. We, we change ourselves to better cope with life. We, we think about what's good about this situation. We see the silver linings. Um, we accept and we adapt and we move on with our lives. So those four A's of avoiding anxiety, the four A's of uh, stress management, I think he calls them in the book, those were a big one for me because they sort of validated some of the practices I was already doing in my life as far as avoiding anxious situations, um, altering, using I statements to just be in a better position to accept and adapt those situations in my life. You know, I'll say that um, I, I read that. It, it's it's early in the book, um, chapter yes. two, right? Yeah, you it's, it's like um, one of the first of his like uh, uh, yeah. strategies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I started doing like I feel like I, I did it way later in life than I wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I started doing it uh, a few Christmases back. Okay. Right. And it really starts at like, it, it starts at like Thanksgiving is, you know, we would do these, these trips um, and we're spending a week with a family and spending a week with a family is not the problem. It's, we would get there, we would unload, everybody wants to see things, we, we were just in the car for a while, right, and so we, we went, essentially, I went through these four A's and just started going, uh, hey, you know, where, where can I go and change things, where can I, you know, what can I do to make this happen, and if you think about just the holiday season, right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you use these four A's, you can make your holiday season pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Because once once Thanksgiving hits, it's it's go for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's absolutely right? true. Well, you and got, the ho holidays can be very anxiety inducing for a lot yeah, of folks. Yeah. So if you're using these four A's and you're like, okay, I'm I'm going to make sure I'm here early. So to get here early, I'm going to plan out X, Y, and Z. 
right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to fill up the tank of gas before here. Yeah. I'm going to do all these things before. Like, I'm not, I kind of have a rule where, like, I don't typically let the the gas in my car get below half a tank yep. in the winter season just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, it snows on the ground. And then I'm all being cranky about it. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the four A's, the managing those four A's is just a, a solid technique for sure for anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I think this, this book overall, right. Uh, it's, it's great for anybody who's looking to, to manage the, the stress they have in their lives. Um, and that, you know, the, the techniques that are in here will help you kind of deal with that. And I would say, you know, we, I, it's talked about in the book some, um, and we didn't really talk about it, but you know, there is, there is times you need to go see somebody, you know, yeah. for mental, yes. for mental health, right? You need to go, you need mm-hmm. to see somebody, right? Yeah. Um, I, I recommend this book. I think I would recommend this book to, um, to parents, um, mm-hmm. especially new parents that, you know, that, uh, personalization and internalizing as we talked about in the cognitive distortion, sure. right? would really mm-hmm. help out with parents that managing stress would help out with parents. The five, uh, five, four, three, two, one would, uh, do that. Right. So parents, leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who would you recommend? Have you recommended this book to anybody yet? So I haven't recommended it to anybody yet. Um, but I think this would be a book that I would recommend. I will often recommend books to like um, new teachers. Um, so pre-service teachers. And this is a great book. This is exactly the kind of book that I like to recommend because. <laughs> um, so uh, teachers are often, there are a lot of books about education out there and teachers are often like flooded with all of these books that are like all about education, all about teaching. But I have found that rather than teaching technique and pedagogy and stuff like that, what holds children and adults back from um, education is, is not actually like pedagogical or the way we teach it's actually their emotional it's emotional regulation either for the teacher the the adult in the room or for the student so this is exactly the kind of book that I would recommend to uh, like a new or upcoming leader or teacher to a help emotionally regulate themselves and b to give them um tools and language and techniques for helping others, either students or reports, uh, emotionally regulate as well, right? To be able to be that leader that can bring out the best in their students or whatever. And I, I think that that kind of thing is more powerful than a lot of the 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 books that are a little bit more targeted towards teachers per se. Yeah. 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 And it's that if you're going to be a better leader and you're going to be a better, you know, parent, 
being able to manage that stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you, your kids, whether they're your students or your actual children, they're right. going to learn from you that every, oh. everything I tell people, everything you do in front of your kids, you are teaching them something. The way you breathe, the way you talk, the way you eat, the way you look at someone when they're talking or not, the words you use, the words you use, every single thing, whether you're yeah. talking directly to a kid or not, you are teaching them. So yeah. be mindful of that. I, I make the bean look me in the eyes when we're having a serious conversation. Uh, yeah. And she'll, she'll shy away. Yeah. yeah. Or if she's asking me, she's asking me something, daddy, I, I want this. Right. Uh, yeah. The drop look, down in a way. Look, yeah. Look, look, look me in the eyes. Uh, right. uh-huh. um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great book. It's a great book. Everyone should read it. Um, I really feel if you, if you read uh, Discipline is Destiny, um, which was the podcast before this, and then the podcast after this is uh, Emotional Agility, right? These books really do like, they're very synergistic with each other. It's a $10 word right there. You're welcome. <laughs> very, very synergistic with each other. Um, they, they have a lot of great tie-ins um, that can help people out. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, the, and they don't, I don't remember them specifically calling it out in stop overthinking but they they actually uh near the tail end of the book uh mr trenton uh, draws out what he calls five attitudes for helping uh prevent overthinking and they are like dude they are pulled they are like right out of stoic philosophy yeah they're they're like they're dead ringers. So the first of the five attitudes, focus on what you can control, not on what you can't. That is like a stoic maxim if there ever was yeah. a stoic maxim, right? Focus on what you can do, not on what you can't. Number three, focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. Fo number four, focus on the present, not the past or the future, right? And that was one of the first things that you brought up was being in the present, being yeah. in the moment. And then number five, uh, last but certainly not least, focus yeah. on what you need, not on what you want, Yeah. right? So being just those five are like almost a tidy, like summary of, of stoic attitudes. You could go, and, and again, I had mentioned before, I do wish that I had found this book years ago. What I found instead, was philosophy and yeah. a lot of those managements and, and attitudes do reflect in one another yeah and the nice thing about stop overthinking it gives you all these techniques yes right so if you can mm -hmm. combo attack it with another uh, another book right so really if you combo attack it with any of ryan holiday's books uh-huh uh, it will really and i i would i think if i was to combo attack with one of ryan's holiday books would either be discipline is destiny or obstacle is the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think obstacle is the way simply because um, that I've, I agree with both of those. Mindset, first of all, I yeah. think any of them. Yeah. But mindset, I think a lot of people will put themselves into this overthinking place be, 
because of issues that they're having, right? Yeah. So obstacle is the way is a, a way of reframing those issues, not as like this giant impediment to my life, but in fact, this is where we are now. What? How can yeah. we? How can we think about this? Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good well, stuff, so, dude. Yeah. No, this is this was a great a great book, great conversations for sure. Yeah. Um, shout out to you. Anyone you want to shout out to? Uh, I, I want to shout out to my lovely wife, Tiana. Um, when I, when I first picked up this book, it, it was her that I had in mind and I want to tell her, turns out you're just a great analyzer. I don't think <laughs> you're an overthinker. Um, uh, I'm just so happy to have her as my partner and, um, I appreciate that sometimes maybe it's okay to be uh, paralyzed by analysis just <laughs> just a little while that's okay yeah um i, I want to shout out you know all the all the overthinkers that are out there mm -hmm. um there, there's there hope is, there is hope <laughs> i mean i i i remember high school and all the overthinking that I did in high school mm -hmm. and because of that overthinking I was not in the moment yeah I was not I was not in the moment to learn I was not in the moment to socialize I was not in the moment to make connections um so all those people that are out there and I feel like high school was the moment for me but you don't have to be in high school to be an overthinker so I actually those, had my daughter my daughter, who's in middle school, I had her read the summary at the end of this that kind of goes yeah. over all the techniques. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a smart move. Right. And you should have yes. the bean read it. Uh, <laughs> they had a kid's version of it. Do they have a, a version, version with pictures? Stop overthinking. Eisenhower... K edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that Eisenhower matrix in there this time. There you go. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, there's, there's hope. And yes. I, I was already, I was already talking to somebody about they're reading a book. I saw them reading a book, and I recommended this book when they were done with the other book. And for the life of me, I couldn't tell you the other book they were reading, but it was uh, a, a, it was a psychology book. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. Well, this wow. is it's been a fun review. Yes. Uh, go, go Eagles. Go um, football team. Go sports. <laughs> Sports. Go sports. <laughs> Yay, go sporting. E sports. <laughs> uh, go Rihanna concert and food. Uh, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. 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 Well, food. So, that sounds good. I should have breakfast. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I will I will talk to you later, Dylan. Sounds Say good. Have a good one. Me. Will do. You do the same. All right. Bye. Bye for now. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>